The hour cometh and now is, when the true worshipper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together, Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalm. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Psalm 7 on page 349. O Lord my God, my in God, thee have I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute, persecute me and deliver me. me. Lest he devour my soul like a lion, and tear it in pieces, while there is none to help. O Lord my God, if I have done any such thing, or if there be any wickedness in my hands. If I have rewarded evil unto him that dealt friendly with me, yea, I have delivered him that without any cause is mine enemy. Then let mine enemy persecute my soul and take me. Yea, let him tread my life down upon the earth and lay mine honor in the dust. Stand up, O Lord, in thy wrath, and lift up thyself because of the indignation of mine enemies. Arise up for me in the judgment that thou hast commanded. And so shall the congregation of the peoples come about thee. For their sakes, therefore, lift up thyself again. The Lord shall judge the peoples. Give sentence with me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to the innocency that is in me. O let the wickedness of the ungodly come to an end, but guide thou the just. For the righteous God trieth the very hearts and reins. My help cometh of God, who preserveth them that are true of heart. God is a righteous judge, strong and patient, and God is provoked every day. If a man will not turn, he'll wet his sword. He hath bent his bow and made it ready. He hath prepared for him the instruments of death. He ordaineth his arrows against the persecutors. Behold, the ungodly, the ungodly travaileth with iniquity. He hath conceived mischief and brought forth falsehood. 
He hath graven and digged up a pit, and has fallen himself into the destruction that he made for other. For his travail shall come upon his own head, and his wickedness shall fall on his own pate. I will give thanks unto the Lord according to his righteousness, and I will praise the name of the Lord Most High. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the fourteenth chapter of the sec of Second Samuel. So Joab, the son of Zeruiah, perceived that the king's heart was concerned about Absalom. And Joab sent to Jacoah, and brought from there a wise woman, and said to her, Please pretend to be a mourner, and put on mourning apparel. Do not anoint yourself with oil, but act like a woman who has been mourning a long time for the dead. Go to the king and speak to him in this manner. So Joab put the words in her mouth. And when the woman of Tekoa uh, spoke to the king, she fell on her face to the ground and prostrated herself and said, Help, O king. Then the king said to her, What troubles you? And she answered, Indeed, I am a widow. <clears throat> My husband is dead. Now your maidservant had two sons, and the two fought with each other in the field, and there was no one to part them. But the one struck the other and killed him. And now the whole family was risen up against your maidservant, and they said, Deliver him who struck his brother, that we may execute him for the life of his brother whom he killed, and we will destroy the heir also. So they would extinguish my ember that is left, and leave to my husband neither name nor remnant on the earth. And the king said to the woman, Go to your house, and I will give orders concerning you. <clears throat> And the woman of Tekoa said to the king, My lord, O king, <clears throat> let the inequity be on me and on my father's house, and the king and his throne be guiltless. So the king said, Whoever says anything to you, bring him to me, and he shall not touch you any more. Then she said, Please let the king remember the Lord your God, and do not permit the avenger of blood to destroy any more lest they destroy my son. And he said, As the Lord lives, not one hair of your son shall fall to the ground. Therefore the woman said, Please let your maidservant speak another word to the Lord the king. And he said, Stay on. So the woman said, Why then have you schemed such a thing against the people of God? For the king speaks this thing as one who is guilty and that the king does not bring his banished, uh, his banished one home again. For he will surely die and become like water filled on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Yet God does not take away a life, but he devises means so that his banished ones are not expelled from him. Now therefore I have come to speak of this thing to my lord the king, because the people have made me afraid. And your maidservant said, I will speak to the king. It may be that the king will perform the request of his maidservant. 
for the king will hear and deliver his maidservant from the hand of the man who would destroy me and my son together with the inheritance of God, or from the inheritance of God. Your maidservant said, The word of my lord the king will now be comforting, for as the angel of God, so is my lord the king in discerning good and evil, and may the lord your God be with you. Then the king answered and said to the woman, Please do not hide from me anything that I ask you. And the woman said, Please let my lord the king speak. So the king said, Is the hand of Joab with you in all this? And the woman answered and said, As you live, my lord the king, no one can turn to the right or to the right hand or to the left from anything that my lord the king has spoken. For your servant Joab commanded me, and he put all these words in the mouth of your maidservant. To bring about this change of affairs, your servant Joab has done this thing. But my lord is wise, according to the wisdom of the angel of God, to know everything that is in the earth. And the king said to Joab, All right. I have granted this thing. Go, therefore, bring back the young man, Absalom. Then Joab fell to the ground on his face and bowed himself and thanked the king. And Joab said, Today your servant knows that I have found favor in your sight, my lord, O king, and that the king has fulfilled the request of his servant. So Joab arose and went to Geshur, and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. And the king said, Let him return to his own house, but do not let him see my face. So Absalom returned to his own house, but did not see the king's face. Now in all Israel there was no one who was uh, praised as much as Absalom for his good looks. From the sole of his feet to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. <clears throat> And when he cut the, the hair off his head, <clears throat> excuse me, at the end of every year he cut it because it was heavy on him. When he cut it, he weighed the hair of his head at 200 shekels, according to the king's standard. To Absalom were born three sons and one daughter, whose name was Tamar. She was a woman of beautiful appearance. And Absalom dwelt for two years in Jerusalem but did not see the king's face. Therefore Absalom sent for Joab to send him to the king, but he would not come to him. And when he sent again the second time, he would not come. So he said to his servants, See, Joab's field is near mine, and he has barley there. Go and set it on fire. And Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab arose and came to Absalom's house and said to him, Why have your servants set my field on fire? And Absalom answered Joab, Look, I sent to you, saying, Come here, so that I may send you to the king to say, Why have I come from Geshur? <clears throat> it would be better for me to be there still. Now therefore, let me see the king's face, but if there is inequity in me, let him execute me. 
So Joab went to the king and told him. And when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the, to the ground before the king. Then the king kissed Absalom. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the first chapter of of Second Corinthians. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is in Corn which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in Archaea, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the King and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we are ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective, and for enduring the same sufferings, which we also suffer, which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope is, our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also will you partake of the consolation. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even in life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. You as helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. For we are not writing any other things to you than what you 
read and understand, read or understand. Now I trust you will understand even to the end, as also you have understood us in part, that we are your boast as you also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. And in this confidence I intended to come to you before, that you might have a second benefit, to pass by the way to, to Macedonia, to come again from Macedonia unto you, and help you on your way to Judea. Therefore, when I, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh, that with me there should be yes, yes, and no, no? But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Bavanus, and Timothy, was not yes and not no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Moreover, I call God as witness against my soul that to spare you I come no more to Corinth. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy by the faith you stand by and for by faith you stand here in the, the second lesson benedictus on page 14 blessed be the lord god of israel for he has visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant david as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. 
The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us, and take not the Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and merciful God, of whose only gift it cometh, let thy faithful people do unto thee true and laudable service. Grant, we beseech thee, that we may so faithfully serve thee in this life, that we fail not finally to attain thy heavenly promises, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, truly trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall to no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. In our continuing Second uh, Samuel story, we have a kind of a political act by Joab in trying to return Absalom from exile because he probably sees Absalom as the heir with which he wants to support. And you see in Absalom some things that kind of remind us of Saul in the sense that he was good looking and everybody thought he was good looking and would be the guy. Uh, uh, although Saul was reluctant and Absalom seems to not be reluctant, seems to think, yeah, he is the guy. Um, but the whole uh, story is, is, as we think about it in a moral standpoint, it's complicated by the fact that every character in it um, has violated the Torah in some way. Uh, Absalom has taken vengeance into his own hand and killed his brother, who his brother who had raped his sister. Uh, and, and this is being sort of adjudicated by David, who himself is guilty of adultery and murder. And so you've got violators all over the place. And I think in a, in a larger sense of this as, as reflecting the human condition where we're usually interacting in a space where no one's completely innocent, it raises issues of, of forgiveness and grace and reconciliation and how penitence sort of works itself out. The one thing that continues, I know, you know, David is not an innocent man in this at all, but the one thing that will continue to separate David from some of the other players is his sin has been confronted, he's accepted his guilt, and as the story unfolds, he will accept his consequence. Whereas Absalom has 
taken vengeance in his own hands, has not accepted his consequence with any kind of humility, is demanding that he come back and will establish a full-scale rebellion against his father. And so um, David will remain, in terms of the spiritual life, a model of penitence, of someone who accepts the verdict of, of his wrong and accepts the consequences of it, whereas Absalom is a spoiled son who's demanding this. When he doesn't get his way, he burns someone's field and he does this. And so for us in the spiritual life, we think about when we're confronted with the wrong we've done, to have a real humility, to accept the consequences that come our way as a result of it and let God do his work in us and not take the matter into our own hands. It's a very hard thing to do. And then we see other people, you know, letting, letting, and, and for our own sake, in terms of forgiveness, there's lots of wrongdoers around us, but forgiveness means letting go of our need to make it right with them so that we are no longer governed by their behavior. Absalom is entirely governed now by his father's refusal to bring him back, even though he's done something wrong. We have to let those things go so we can be governed just by what God wants us to maintain our innocence. And this provides a link over into the New Testament lesson. We're beginning 2 Corinthians, where the main issue in 2 Corinthians is undergirding the whole of the letter is St. Paul's defending himself against false apostles, that is, people who come into the Corinthian church and present themselves as having, you know, the, the, a real gospel or at least a more attractive gospel. They're probably you know, uh, more better orators, as St. Paul makes clear that they are. And St. Paul is, is throughout the, the epistle going to make reference to his own sufferings. And his case he makes for himself in chapter one to, to, to launch is, um, we've suffered for the gospel, and in our suffering, we've maintained our innocence in our suffering. And as God comforts us in our affliction, we're able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort we receive from God. We should note that the word for comfort there is comes from the word for paraclete, which relates to the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And so this is the idea of the Christian life. It's, it's, it's always less um, attractive because cross-bearing as a way of life is not flashy and showy. And there's always a temptation for a more popular religion, something will get us excited, fired up, looks better, uh, to, to supplant the reality of faithfulness in everything. And what St. What what Paul's case for his faithfulness, for his role as a true apostle, is he, he loves the church in Corinth, he suffers for it, he does not abandon it, nor does he done anything unrighteous towards it. He, he endures the cross for their sake. And, and that will be his constant testimony. And it's a little bit of a link. David is a model of a penitent. Paul very much sees himself as suffering for the church, maintaining innocence as he suffers for it. And this is how we as Christians, in the same way, in our various relationships, we want to minister to people. It is the willingness to endure suffering for the good of others, to, to not respond to the evil with the evil, but to love, and that's a hard thing to do uh, because we get provoked, and, and that's why we have to stay in our prayer and process all those emotions, but resolve ourselves as we have received 
grace from God for our sins in Christ as we're comforted so we can comfort others. And, and that's our real ministry, to, to maintain our presence and innocence in relationship to people and not react to them and just perpetuate the evil of the world. So anyway, a few thoughts about today's lessons. We will continue with a prayer for all conditions of men on the bottom of page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost Holy be honored, Ghost be honored. world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus the, love Christ God, the love of God, the fellowship of the, the, fellowship the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost all Thank you all for joining us tonight, or this morning. I uh, hope you have a great Monday and great start to your week. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.